Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. What fixes the Lakers is a difficult conversation because, frankly, even 16 hours ago, you might have thought it's the addition of one player. But now you have to look at the possibility that if you don't add the right pieces, you might lose everything if you're L.A. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Just ask them politely to play ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and you guys can always chime in. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Somebody tweeted earlier and said that we're idiots for buying into this, basically, because LeBron's only saying uh, he's contemplating retirement because he wants attention. I don't believe that there's a lot of proof of concept of that. Like LeBron, A, is not an idiot, and B, knows that we were going to talk about the Lakers all day. Like, let me just clue you all in on this. The Lakers were going to be the topic all day, whether LeBron said this or not. What went wrong with the Lakers? How did the Lakers fix it? These were all going to be conversations today. I promise you, on this show, we will get to the Nuggets, who deserve their due. But realistically, none of this is done by accident. We know more of you care about the Lakers. So we are focused on what's next for the Lakers. And now you got this weird extra pressure, Harry, because the thought is, well, if we don't bring in the right people, LeBron might retire. Does that make you more desperate? Because there is a guy named Kyrie Irving sitting out there that could absolutely, in the minds of some, be the solution to all that ails L.A. Well, I'll say, you know, part of what LeBron James says, and I think there's meaning behind everything that he does say, and I do believe some of that message was to the front office. Uh, basically, LeBron saying, go out and get who I need in order to get over this hump and leave the Western Conference Finals by having a finals appearance and actually going and winning it. Right. So in my eyes, that tells me I need Kyrie. I want Kyrie on this roster next season. And Fitz, I'm going to always go back and allude to the series in which, you know, LeBron James and Kyrie Irving was playing together in Cleveland when they was down 3-1 versus the Golden State Warriors and came back. I think it was game five where LeBron James had a historic performance and scored 41 points. But the robin to that 41 points was Kyrie Irving, who also scored 41 points. I also go to the game seven where LeBron James, I believe, had what, 27 points in that game seven in which they won? Kyrie Irving had 26 with that big shot that he made over Steph Curry to put them up three points. When you have a guy like that out there looming and you see what happened to LeBron last night or what happened to LeBron in the fourth quarter of every one of these games, and I'll say the numbers, in game one, he was one for four. In game two, he was three for seven. In game three, he was two for six. In game four, he was one for five. So when you see the physical exertion from LeBron James because he can't count on anyone else to be that secondary guy on a consistent basis... Go get Kyrie Irving, because one thing I do know is that Kyrie Irving is going to relieve LeBron James when he needs a breather. Also take some pressure off of Anthony Davis, and he's going to put the damn ball in the basket. And he's going to have other people fearful when he has the basketball in his hands and they're playing defense. I, there's part of this that's about trust, right, Harry? Like yep. somebody that LeBron trusts to come out on the floor, somebody that the Lakers organization trusts can lead them, and somebody that can give him – As I've, I, I think I've been saying this for almost a week – you got to find somebody that can give LeBron five or six minutes a game. So, so really quick, you say trust, right? And I know we had a caller at um, calling in, or somebody said, "Why is Tristan Thompson in the game?" Well, let me tell you why Tristan Thompson is in the game. 
because LeBron James trusts him because he was a teammate of LeBron James when he won a championship. Right. So I need someone to go in the game who's going to set solid screens, who's going to be physical, who understands what I'm trying to do as a player. So the trust is there. So when I look at a guy like Kyrie Irving, the trust is there between him and LeBron because they've been there and they've done it and they've won at the highest level. When everyone counted them out being down three, one in the NBA finals, those two guys were able to get it done together. There's also a uh, it, it, let me say this the right way. I think both sides can realize that they need each other, right? Yep. You know, and that that has to matter right now. I, I think Kyrie, and this isn't some wild hot take. Some of the uh, some of the opportunities for Kyrie have dried up a little bit for everything off the court for the lack of availability at times. These are all real things. So there are some teams that I don't think are going to be as anxious to open up to Kyrie. And uh, you know, even listening to some of the conversations our network has had about it, there are just there are questions a lot of teams have about Kyrie. Kyrie needs to go to the right situation. If you're LeBron, you need the right guy with you. And in the past, certainly you could say, well, early in Kyrie's career, he wanted to be the guy wanted to get away from the LeBron shadow. All of these things can be true. At the same time, they can both look around now like the Spider-Man meme and be like, I need you. You need me. They need each other at this point. Like This is one of those rare circumstances where maybe the best situation for Kyrie is also the best situation for LeBron. And you have two people that if they both understand it, and I believe they do, now can swallow whatever pride they have or what ego they have and say, hey, the way we work together it will help us win at the highest possible level. Yep. That hits different for these and, two. And I think for Kyrie, I think more what you're saying lean towards him per se because he went to Brooklyn couldn't get it done he was in Boston couldn't get it done he was with the Dallas Mavericks the uh, second half of the year didn't even make the playoffs right LeBron James has actually won a championship in 2019-2020 with Anthony Davis without Kyrie Irving but that's not to say LeBron James at this moment right now doesn't need him I just think both of the guys really do need each other, but I think more so, I would say Kyrie because Kyrie has proven that it can't get done without LeBron James being by his side. So the other side of it, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Uh, The other side of it, from my mind, in the LeBron standpoint, is one thing you and I have laughed about is at some point you sort of acknowledge that LeBron's not going to be one to give up control of an offense. He's not going to be one to give up the ball. I think you have to have trust from LeBron, the teammate, uh, very similar to the way Kobe used to be. Like, you'd have to play with Kobe for a minute before Kobe really entrusted you to have that role, right? Like, Kyrie comes in day one with a different level of respect and trust from LeBron, which sort of matches. Like, LeBron likes people he's worked with in the past, whether it was the the teams he's worked with, the super teams he worked with, well, he had relationships from the Redeem team, right? Like, you yep. can look at some of the Olympic moments and how they tied in. I, I think at some point, LeBron likes people he knows where he has what I, I rely on too much in life. Proof of concept. Like, I know this guy. I know who he is as a teammate. I know who he is as a basketball player. I know how to get the most out of him. So I feel like LeBron would listen to, or, or not even listen to, but give just more rope to a, a player that he loves and a player that he respects. Kyrie is one of those players. Like, he just, he respects Kyrie the player. At this point, if you're LeBron, you're looking at it and saying, man, I got one year left till Bronny's in the league. I just want to win a championship. If he helps me do that, I'm doing that. Well, I'm going to take it a step further. Throughout these playoffs, right, I know probably not more so in the Western Conference Finals because he had to be, you know, that guy each game. But throughout this playoffs in, in this run that the Lakers were on, what has been one of the things that we touched on, Fitz? 
LeBron James not being the most dominant ball handler and other guys being able to do it, right, up until that Western Conference Finals. So I don't even think LeBron would be upset about, hey, hey, Kyrie, here you go, take the ball, do what you do. I don't think he would be upset about that at all or be hesitant to hand the, 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 the ball over to Kyrie in that sense because he is getting up there in age. We've seen him physically exhausted, not just last night, but in every game he's played in this Western Conference Finals. So having a guy that, number one, you trust, number two, you know has been on a big stage, number three, you know that can get the job done, LeBron has no problem with handing things over to a guy like that Go, go go send us home. Go bring us home, man. And all of this is happening while other guys develop. Like Austin Reeves is, is developing into somebody. Not only is he going to get paid right now, but he's developing into somebody that I think could be a real part of the Lakers' future moving forward, right? Like mm-hmm. Rui Hachimura is somebody that you have you've praised on this show since before the playoffs even started. He's 25 years old, right? Like So we're looking at, at pieces that are developing around. If you buy yourself more time with development while you get yourself Kyrie, then it makes sense. Now you've got Kyrie, AD, LeBron, Kyrie. We would have to take a pay cut, but with all that being said, if you can manage that while you still don't have to give up additional pieces, now if you're the Lakers, maybe you feel a little bit better about where you're going short-term, long-term. But that's the chess piece in all of this because now we talk about a guy in Hachimura and Austin Reeves. I don't think you'd be able to keep all those guys together. So now it's it's do I do I want Kyrie over Hachimura? And if you're the Lakers and if you're LeBron James, I'm going to say yes to that all day, every day. Yeah, because LeBron don't give a damn about anything other than winning right That's now. That's right. Uh, is your check engine light on? Don't ignore it. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Let their professional parts people scan and diagnose the problem for free. They even help you find a repair shop if you need it. It's not, nothing can beat that. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. The Lakers may not be the only marquee franchise facing massive changes this offseason. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. That's good. Great. Or a hot take. How hot? Red hot. Find out now with Fitz and Harry. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. You know the drill. Good take, hot take. Presented by Progressive Insurance. This is what we like to do. All right, we're going to play one of the takes from one of our peers, and then we will tell you. If our peer has a good take, that is smart. It's well thought out. We agree with it. Or it's a hot take. They've lost their damn minds. All right, Harry, you ready for this? Yes. Let's start with our buddy, Kendrick Perkins. This is Perk, ESPN NBA analyst on First Take, talking about what the Celtics should do if they are eliminated tonight. By the way, the Eastern Conference Finals will be on ESPN Radio. Coverage starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. It is time for the to break up the duo. And I told Stephen A. this before I came on the show. If I'm the Celtics, I would actually look in, into a signing trade for Damian Lillard. Who says no? Do Portland Not says me. no? Hell no. Do the Celtics? All right, so who says no is the question, Dame. Dame, is this good take or a hot take? Uh, this is a hot take in my eyes. I, I'm not splitting those two guys up, especially, you know, 
when you have two players that a lot of people wish they can actually have play together. We've seen these two guys be able to make a NBA Finals last year. These two guys have gone through a coaching change this year. Um, I don't think everything is is glued together right now for the Boston Celtics. So I would like to see them in another offseason coming back next season and showing what they've learned from this season. Yeah, I think it's a hot take to think that suddenly you're going to make that that switch. And I know Dame is like the wild card. Like uh, Dame is is the trump card in every game uh, of Spades. Like there's just this moment where you feel like everybody wants to put Dame into everything, every time, everywhere. I don't know why that would make a ton of sense in this situation. If you're Boston, keep running it back with your stars. I mean, last year those but two then stars you'll have so many guys that like the, that's like the same size on your team too. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, that's a good point. And, and like, I just feel like last year. I mean, come on, they went to the NBA Finals last year. Uh, this year they they went to the Conference Finals. What's the difference? Your coach. Don't worry about your stars. Worry about your coach. In my opinion. All right. Speaking of basketball takes, our buddy Jay Will and Keyshawn Jay Will and Max said this about what the Lakers should do regarding Anthony Davis. AD is a superstar. Is he a superstar that you would want in big minutes? He's still, defensively, he's one to none. He's very special defensively. Offensively, there are times where it could be frustrating watching him play. I would take calls for Anthony Davis, but the probability of me trading Anthony Davis are very, 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 very slim. Extremely slim. What do you think, Harry? Good take, hot take? Well, good take because we're just talking about taking calls. So, yeah, you take calls and see what people will offer. But in actual reality, I don't think the Lakers are in a spot right now, especially if LeBron James is back playing with his basketball team, to just say, hey, we're going to get rid of Anthony Davis. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. I'm with you 100%. Like, I think you take calls, and if you get an offer that you like, you take that offer. If you take calls and all the offers are bad, then uh, you just keep running it back and hope that you Mm -hmm. can convince LeBron that everything's going to be just fine. All right, let's get a little bit of NFL good take, hot take in here from our buddy Chris Canty, co-host of Canty and Carlin. He was on Get Up, said this about one particular team, oh, I don't know, the Cowboys and their expectations this year. Some of these things just become the identity of who the team is, and Dak Prescott has to be included as a part of that. I do think Dak is more part of the solution than the problem, but when you start talking about the head coach being Mike McCarthy, it it brings to mind the old adage that good players can't overcome bad coaching. So that's why I'm not as bullish on the Dallas Cowboys, and I I hate to at the risk of saying that this is a hot take, but I don't expect the Dallas Cowboys to be in the postseason next year. Wow. I don't. For me, that's a hot take. Um, I understand Mike McCarthy's taking over the play calling duties, but that defense isn't going anywhere. They added Mozzie Smith, right? They was able to bring it, bring over Stephon Gilmore, who can play opposite of Trayvon Diggs. So now you have a 1A and a 1B type corner. Um, also, I don't think Dak Prescott is going to be the guy that threw the interceptions he threw a year ago. I think he's going to be able to learn from those mistakes and be better for this football team moving forward. Also, being able to have Michael Parsons on your roster, who a lot of times he's going to be the best player on the football field, I don't think he's going to allow the Dallas Cowboys to not make the playoffs. Yeah, here's the thing with Dallas. I'm not saying that they got it figured out last year, and I know Dak threw too many uh, interceptions. I know everybody's worked up about that, rightfully so. Dallas went 12-5 and last year. Like we're talking about, and this has been the same thing I said about the Bills. I'll be consistent here. We're talking about the Cowboys. Like this thing is just floundering and falling apart. They went twelve and five. For them to not make the playoffs in a weak ass NFC would be a 
huge drop off. So in my mind, even though I do think you know that that division overall has the opportunity to be really good, really competitive, let's say it that way, I think the Eagles are clearly the best team in that division. I'm not going to count the Cowboys out completely. All Dak has to do is trim back some of the picks that he threw last year. They'll be even better. If all he does is throw the same number of just absolutely irresponsible interceptions he did last year, they still went 12-5. and five. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Fitz and Harry doing a little good take, hot take, giving you some of the thoughts around the world of sports and figuring out whether they're good or hot. Now, Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, was at his press conference, had this to say about the Jets and the NFL overall. In my opinion, I think 32 teams stand in front of their teams, or 32 coaches stand in front of their teams every year, talk about winning a championship, and then realistically there's maybe six or eight teams that have an actual chance to do it. And I do think we are one of those teams. But none of it matters unless we do it. We take care of it today. Uh, Harry seems like a pretty... I mean, six to eight teams might be a little small this year in the NFL. I think there are probably more teams that can win the Super Bowl than that, but the Jets are part of the group of the elite, right? So it seems like a good take. Yeah, it's a good take in my eyes. Um, it started with with the quarterback position, right? You you had to figure out a way to get over that deficiency that you had a year ago. That defense was a top five defense. They added more pieces to that as well. Also, Aaron Rodgers, you're going to put some belief in Aaron Rodgers, but you don't have to rely on him every single game because of what you had on the opposite side of the ball and that defense. But Aaron Rodgers is still going to be A-Rod to me. I look at his year that he had last year as something that just, you know, happened. Sometimes it's like that sometimes, but I think he's going to back, bounce back very strongly. Yeah, I, I fully expect everything will be just fine for the Jets and they will be right right in the thick of things. There are some Jets news updates. Evan, let, let's check in real quick with producer Evan, the Jets fan. It's been a whirlwind of the last hour. I'm not sure Evan even still knows what's going on in this show. Uh, Diana Rossini about an hour ago tweeted, we'll get into this later in the show in more detail, but Aaron Rodgers went off to the side, was favoring his ankle, seemed like something felt off, seems like from reports he is back out with the guys. Uh, how are we feeling, Evan? What's our level of panic every time we see this? There is there is no level of panic because you have buried the lead. Rich Samini's got the lead from Jets Camp, our Jets reporter. Zach Wilson zips a deep sideline pass to Garrett Wilson, who makes falling down catch in seven-on-seven drills. Wilson showing plenty of velocity today. The ball's coming out of his hands nicely except for one throw. Had a good day yesterday per Sala. You have buried the lead. This is not about Aaron Rodgers. This is about what everybody said. Get a veteran in there so that Zach Wilson can live up to his potential. We're finally seeing it. Hmm. Wonder who said that? Wait, wait, wait. That's a hot take. I mean, let's just, let's just, uh, by the way. Hot take alert. I mean, that's a hot take. The thought that after a seven-on-seven drill, I'm suddenly going to come in here and be like, oh, Zach Wilson is the answer. Like, by the way, you read it that way, which which is great. Like, I like that, but here's the way you could reach, reach it. Zach Wilson zips a deep sideline pass to Garrett Wilson, who had to make the catch falling down. Even on seven on sevens, it wasn't accurate enough that he made it in stride. He had to fall down to make it. But sure, nice velocity on the ball. I'm just here crossing dreams. I'm sorry, Evan. You know, oh, man. I just want to so check funny. in. Like Evan Aaron is, who? Aaron, Aaron Rodgers uh, went off to the sideline favoring an ankle, and I think Evan basically uh, died a little bit. Then there were some reports that Alan Lazard left the field with the trainer, uh, but he's back out on the field now. If this is going to be the next several months of our life, I don't know. Well, Evan, if you need CPR, I'm certified. Okay. Well, if you need CPR, I'll just practice. All right. Uh, let's get one more quick good take, hot take in. Nick Friedel, who needs a title more? He was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Is it Jokic or is it Butler? 
Max, I think that's a good question, and I would tell you it's Jimmy because my argument would be that Jokic's place in the game is secure as a two-time MVP winner already. Now, certainly, he can cement his legacy even more if they go and win the title. But Jimmy is a guy who has gone from the 15th man on the Bulls bench (laughs) when he came into the league to the number one guy on a team that's on the precipice of going to the finals again and potentially is five games away from a title that absolutely no one expected except maybe him. All right, real quick, Harry. Good take, hot take. I think it's a hot take. I'm going to go with Jokic. Jokic is my guy. All right. I, I, I think it's a good take. We'll break down some whys on, we, on what we think on this Legacy Conversation Plus was last night the last game in the history of LeBron James. We'll ask an expert next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. season in the NBA. The Denver Nuggets are going to the NBA Finals, and they take out the Lakers in a four-game sweep. Obviously frustrated not being able to um, close out one of these games where you went in every game. Just couldn't make plays down the stretch, so um, that's, that's the frustrating part. Obviously, it hurts right now, especially the way you know we lost, not only tonight, but I think we gave away two games, three games. You know, it's tough. Lakers fans went from disappointed to panicked. Not from the final result. Not from losing to the Nuggets. Not from even being swept by the best team in the West. But by what happened at the press conference afterwards. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. After the game at his press conference, LeBron James alluded to the possibility of retirement. There's a great article up on ESPN.com. I'm going to read you this line. Publicly, James had been crystal clear about his feelings about retirement. Contractually, he has two years and $97.1 million remaining. But spiritually, he showed the first signs of doubt Monday night after the Lakers season ended, despite an incredible Game 4 effort by James on both sides of the court. That sentence was written by Ramona Shelburne, ESPN senior writer. She joins us right now on the show. Uh, Ramona, A, great job getting an article up that quickly about something we're all trying to wrap our heads around. B, what, as much as you've covered LeBron in the NBA, what do you make of his comments afterwards? You know, um, so I heard his comments in the press conference, like kind of as they were happening, and I was over with the Nuggets, and, and I started seeing people tweeting about it, and I said, whoa, that's an interesting way to end your press conference. And at first I thought, you know, okay, he's just uh, down after a loss. And he poured, you know, he he gave everything for 40 minutes. And when you have, at the end of a game, like never believe anything that somebody says, like right after a game, right after a season, when you poured your guts into it, right? And you're disappointed. But then he went and talked to Dave McMenamin a little while later, and he sort of doubled down on it, went even further, and he said, you know, are you talking about retirement as in you wouldn't play this year and next year? And he goes, yeah, I have to think about it. And I was like, this isn't like, oh, I just said something in the heat of the moment in a press conference. I got caught up in my feelings. Like, this is obviously something he had been thinking about throughout this playoff run. 
And it was a it was, you know, fairly large reversal, of course, for him because he's always said he wanted to play with his son, Ronnie. And that would be two years from now. The 2025 All-Star Game is here in Los Angeles. I mean, there is, there is a, um, a whole path that is set up for the LeBron James retirement tour that he just, he might have just closed the bridge. And so my, the way I, you know, I, I don't think he's going to retire. I don't think that's really where he is. I talked to a couple people around him, you know, we're close to him and sort of know what he's going through right now. And they, none of them really think this is real, but this is how he's feeling in this moment. And sometimes plans change. And so we had to take it seriously last night because you didn't just say it once. It wasn't just a cryptic statement at the end of a press conference. He, he really said it out loud for everyone to digest. And I, I have to be honest, guys, like, I was sitting in the press room. I had half my column written uh, on the Denver Nuggets, and I had a nice lead working about Nikola Jokic, and now he's, how great he was, uh, the, the half-court, you know, the three-point heave that he threw in, making the last basket. And, I'm, and, I, and I see the, the, the quotes from Dave McMenamin where LeBron doubles down on it, and I go, oh, my God. We're going to do what Michael Malone hates, right? We're going to talk all about the Lakers. After the next win. <laughs> hey, we fought, it. Again? we fought it in our, pro- in our pre-show meeting. Harry and uh, I fought I it, Ramona. But no, we can't. We can't. We got to do it. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Ramona, I got to ask you, like LeBron James yeah. being best friends with a guy like Carmelo Anthony. And Carmelo, you know, retires yesterday and comes out with that video. And then we hear LeBron James say that he basically shot that video for Carmelo yep. and knew some time. Having a best friend, you know, go through this retirement or talk about it, and then you probably are around this guy, right? And understand, you know, where that guy's coming from. Does that play a part into it as well? I think so, too. I I even wrote about it, too. I go, maybe it's just nostalgic after watching Melo retire and helping him film it. Like, you got retirement on the brain, you know what I mean? (laughs) Look, we all have these moments, and I don't want to call it a midlife crisis or something, but for me, I do this every day in the press room where I'm like, man kids around me they're kind of young like i remember when i was the young kid right like you look around and you're like am i the am i the vet now you know am i am i the old one now <laughs> right? yep. and like everybody you came into the business with like they're they're kind of moving along or they're and and it's it's uh i don't know lebron's got to feel that every day that he goes to work i mean you know he's he actually sort of delights in it sometimes he told me earlier in the playoffs like one of the things that keeps him going when they especially when they have a big win is he like young players like Austin Reeves experience that playoff moment for the first time. He's like, that's cool for me. I get, I get into that. But then you see all of the guys that you come into the league with. I mean, Chris Paul's still there, so he's, he's still got him. Okay, but there's not many older guys in the league that he came in with that are still doing it, and there's definitely no one doing it at the level he is. And so I think he was just defeated, down, exhausted in his feelings. Like, I know for myself, whenever we got to the end of a season – I was playing college softball. Like I was, there was a sort of 100 miles an hour to zero feeling, and you feel a little. Um, the first two, three days after that are pretty, pretty rough. But I guess you don't get up in front of a camera and talk about it. <laughs> so uh, uh, I, I, I think that's where we are. I think that's what LeBron is feeling. But the fact that he said it twice, the fact that he was pretty clear about it, means we have to take it seriously. I would also let mindset I think mindset plays a factor in this uh, as well because 
I've been that older guy in a room, you know, playing yeah. football in which LeBron James is, is now. And then, you know, the younger kids are coming in and their mindset is so different than yours. And all the all, all the only thing that's on your mind is, you know what, I want to win a championship. I'm not just satisfied with making the playoffs yeah. or getting to the Western Conference finals. Things that younger people may take for granted, but you don't because, you know, it's hard as hell to yeah. even get to that point. Do you think that plays something into it as well? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. Like. When I was, you know, he was great last night. He was 40 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. A lot of that was obviously in the first half. He was just man on a mission. He didn't really have as many touches. He kind of, it looked like he just kind of, you know, got them a 15-point lead and was like, okay, now let's, let's let the other guys bring us home. And obviously they had that horrible third quarter where the Nuggets erased that lead in about eight minutes. And that was pretty demoralizing. And then even, even the thing he mentioned with Jokic's shot, you know, like Jokic threw that ball up at the end of the shot clock, and it just it, that was the time when I felt like the arena really, really got deflated. And oh yeah, deflating is the right weird. word. <laughs> oh, deflated, and, and and it was just like Denver was just not going to lose. Like they just this is this might be their year. Like this might be. They remind me a little of the Bucks from a few years ago, where you know they 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 lost. They went out very unceremoniously in the bubble. Giannis had his two MVPs. All the talk was about whether he just, you know, was he an all-time greatest? He can't win in the playoffs, and then and he went out and did the the fifty piece in the finals, right? I mean, this is this is setting up for that kind of a run for Nikola Jokic, and he deserves all the flowers that are coming to him. Although I don't know that he really wants them. Um, he seems to like this attention and limelight quite as much. I don't, I don't foresee any uh, chicken nugget videos if, if Jokic wins, right? But it's, um, you know, he is. Uh, but I think that LeBron. Like if they had three of these games, like they had a really good chance. They had they had late leads in game game two, game three, and game four, and they blew them. And some of that was LeBron. Like he missed those threes. He had the the dunk attempt that he fumbled out. He missed the layup in a couple of. The, I mean, I've never seen this from him. And so there's a part of you that's like maybe I, maybe even when I give my best, like I don't got it anymore. And like, but that's also part of getting older. Okay, like we all go through this. I, I used to be able to stay up all night writing a story. Can't do it anymore. I got to work harder. I got to work smarter, not harder. You know, I got to got to get my sleep. I got to work. Get up in the morning sometimes and do it instead of staying up all night. Like, oh, like LeBron is. He just needs to take a breath. Realize, you know, they maybe he can't just be the one to push them over the finish line like he always used to do when he was in his early thirties, late third, late twenties, and he went to the finals all those years. Like, I think that's where they're going to end up, but. At the very least, if he if he does come back and they this is this is what they left with, this is a, this is a hell of a run they went on. I, I think the Lakers have to be very encouraged by what they did after they made those trades. And now there's questions about you know who do you bring back, who do you add. But the, you know if they if they're able to bring back the, most of these players that they had traded for and that they they went on this run with, he's going to be in good shape. Ramona, as always, great work getting the piece up so quickly. It's a great readout on ESPN.com. Check it out. And thanks for your expertise. We appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks, boys. That's Ramona Shelburne. LeBron's not the only future Hall of Famer whose career is closer to the end than the beginning, but will he deliver one final title? We'll talk about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
As soon as they made the trade and got Aaron Rodgers, they immediately are in the Super Bowl conversation. I think he is going to play great. It's, it's kind of the easy pick right now, the sexy pick, because Aaron Rodgers is there. I think it's a legit pick because I think he's all in. Aaron's bringing the level up, obviously, for New York. They put them right underneath the bill. It's great seeing how he approached every day, you know, he got the facility. He's been at OTAs, just grinding, man. So, you know, it's just great to have him around. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, Evan and Devin are the great guys that work behind the scenes here. And Evan, uh, Devin is the lifelong Giants fan. Evan is the lifelong Jets fan. Uh, I think Evan may have actually aged seven or eight years in the first uh, hour of this show because OTAs have started. And that means that we're seeing a little bit of practice. We're seeing some throws in shorts and some seven-on-sevens. And all of a sudden, just sitting here minding our own business, just trying to hang out and do a show. And Diana Rossini tweets one little thing out that has everybody panicked. Why? Because she tweeted out a picture of Aaron Rodgers with the uh, – this is the, the what she tweeted. Aaron Rodgers off to the side, favoring his ankle, checking it, something clearly not right. All of a sudden, the show went off the rails. I haven't stopped paying attention to any of it. This is what Diana has said on the Noon Sports Center about the latest on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't think this is a type of injury that's going to keep Aaron Rodgers off the greens in Tahoe in July. Uh, it looks like it's it was just a tweak. This isn't something that, that seems to be very serious. And the reason why I can tell you that from standing about 30 yards away when I watched it happen was because he didn't really go and spend time with trainers. Normally, players go down. They chat with the trainers for a while. They go through, you know, they walk around, they jog on it. Rodgers didn't even do that. He stood with the head strength and conditioning coach. They had a conversation. He took the helmet off. He tried to put some weight on it. He certainly didn't look very comfortable putting his full weight on it. So it looked like he just kind of took it easy. Then he joined the rest of the offense when they were going through some seven-on-seven drills where Zach Wilson had taken over as the starter. And he just watched on. Harry, uh... Oh, no, Fitz, stop, stop. Evan, the season's over. Aaron Rodgers tweaked his ankle. Oh, my goodness, the season is over. I mean, I think we've learned one thing, Evan, and that's that <laughs> your quarterback's too old and too frail. How are you supposed to handle it? Actually, Devin, you were in yeah. studio with him. How'd it go down? So, like, I... I was recording the show. I thought I was recording you guys, but I was actually recording what the audio was in our control room, and this is what it actually sounded like when Evan found out the news. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... That is hilarious. Evan, there, there are a series of questions here for producer Evan. Number one, uh, what was your immediate reaction? Panic. <laughs> okay. Panic is fair. Number two, how many times today do you think you are going to refresh Twitter to read about the OTAs of the Jets? No, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, let's listen to what Diana just said. Uh, we're good. Once I've heard the update from Diana, there is no more panic. First it was panic. Then Alan Lazard went down, and I then I was panicking. But no, now that we've heard stop. from Diana, Fitz. she what said this to us. What did he say to us, Fitz? He said, guys, this no. is serious. This no. is serious. It has to do with Aaron Rodgers, guys. Yeah. And we're like, well, what's so serious? We were shooting the shot during our commercial. No, I, just We're, we're just no. jibber-jabbering with each other, talking about whatever, talking, probably giving the Nuggets yeah. the credit that we don't have time to give them on air. And all of a sudden, Evan cuts into the middle of it, and he's like, oh, guys, wait, 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 serious no, news. seriously, guys, Diane, serious, did, serious. Devin? That was an hour ago. Okay, okay. We've gotten new information. Why don't you give the audience what they want and play the, the beginning of the Diana Rossini <laughs> sound? I played, I played the Diana sound. Play it sound. again. Were you listening to the show? but hold on. Play this part again. 
Yeah, I don't think this is a type of injury that's going to keep Aaron Rodgers off the greens in Tahoe in See, July. See, he's going to be playing I, golf, okay, and it's fine. Okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> An hour ago, yes, it was serious. I was very nervous. I was very. I wanted to leave work early. It was like one of those days where you go to the nurse's office and pretend that you're sick when really you just have a tummy ache and want to go home. Like That's kind of what it felt like an hour ago. Now, I'm all good. We're all good. Super Bowl bound, but baby. So you try to tell me you don't believe in Zach. If something was to happen, you don't believe in Zach Wilson? I believe in Garrett Wilson running the Wildcat more than I believe in Zach Wilson. Also, playing golf is a lot different than running and, and planting and playing quarterback in the NFL. Your old-ass quarterback couldn't even make it through one practice without getting – like, nobody's even touching him. Casper the Friendly Ghost pays a fine if he farts on him going by. Like, And all of a sudden, he hurts his ankle? We're feeling okay with this? I am throwing so much shade at Aaron Rodgers right now. We're sure we're good, Evan? Yeah, do you guys want to maybe play what Robert Sala said about the Jets being maybe six to eight, one of six to eight teams that can win the Super Bowl? I'd rather do that here. And this is what Robert Sala said. In my opinion, I think 32 teams stand in front of their teams, or 32 coaches stand in front of their teams every year, talk about winning a championship. And then realistically, there's maybe six or eight teams that have an actual chance to do it. And I do think we are one of those teams. But none of it matters unless we do it. We take care of it today. Uh, question, does that mean he's openly admitting that he lied to his team last year when he said we have a chance at a championship? No way in hell he felt like last year's roster had that. Is that what, is that what we're learning here? I, I just want to go back to, he said six to eight teams, and, and they're one of them. I can tell you four that are not, or three that are not. The Raiders, the Giants, and the Falcons. Those wow. are those are three teams that wow. definitely so aren't you in that you stooped that low. You stooped that low to take shots at us. Imagine if the did. Jets Spot underachieved this year. Imagine if the Jets <laughs> underachieved. I mean, oh, we're on your ass, Ev. Un- underachieving, well, uh, yeah, underachieving could be they get to the N- the AFC Championship game. Giants, I mean, what are they going to do? Well, let, let me say this, though. I, I think a lot of the success that the Jets want to have is going to be predicated off their offensive line. Vera Tucker's coming off an uh, injury, also Makai Becton. Is he going to be able to stay afloat and stay on the football field? And when he does, and if he does, can he be productive in doing so? Because he's had a series of injuries since being drafted. I think that's going to be the main thing for the Jets because we know that defense is going to be phenomenal. Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. The receiver is going to catch the ball. The running backs, they're going to run and catch as well. Tight end is going to do their thing. Can that offensive line stay intact and be able to provide that protection for Aaron Rodgers from game one all, all the way down to whenever they exit the playoffs or whenever they win a Super Bowl? Let me put it like that for you, Evan. D- depending on how things play out let's be honest there are six to eight teams in the AFC that I think could be better than the New York Jets and I think the Jets are a good football team okay, this year see, now you're but, just talking crazy. Uh, no I'm just saying that the AFC's wild this year so uh, Ev, I wouldn't get too cocky until I know that we're in the playoffs because you might you might be a really good team sitting there watching the playoffs just like the rest of us Fitz and Harry brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook make every moment more not you the Giants if there's I mean the Giants are gonna suck all right more ah! arguing coming up next Fitz and Harry on ESPN